0: This is Talking Asset Management with KPMG. In today's episode, we discuss hedge fund business operating models. Hello and welcome. I'm Joe Fisher and thank you for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. Today, we're going to discuss some key drivers for hedge funds to consider when evaluating their business operating models. Joining me today are John Bezina a Managing Director in KPMG's Alternative Investment Fund Practice, and Jay Peller, Head of Sitco Fund Services. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. And Let's dive right into it. John, how would you summarize the forces that are driving hedge funds to reevaluate their business operating model?
1: Sure, Joe. You know, as, you, as you know, we, we have recently actually completed a worldwide hedge fund survey with AMA and KPMG to review some of these issues that the hedge fund industry is, is, is experiencing. I mean, the asset management industry in itself is, is undergoing a number of different, I would, I would say, evolutions. Um, and the alternative indes- investment industry is no uh, stranger to that um, and faces some of the same drivers and maybe some ones that are actually particular hedge funds themselves. Certainly, um, they are continuing to experience great margin constraints, Um, probably do more to pressure on fees, management fees in particular. Uh, So firms are sort of looking for ways to become more efficient um, as they go forward. Yet, all this, and this probably manifested itself in the the ability to observe some of these things during the pandemic is we saw a great product evolution, product innovation that took place during this period of time. Also we experienced continued customization demands by investors. Uh, and then on top of that, you have growing technology costs in the front office, uh, specifically on AI tools, uh, and alternative data. And then of course, what well, we're all experiencing, the war for talent. So, so where are the solutions in the industry? And, and I think one seems to be uh, you know, embedded in the innovations and the effectiveness that the, the ecosystem uh, has, has demonstrated. And I think you know, Jay and, and yourself, Joe, can elaborate though on those during this conversation. Oh, thanks, John. Uh, Jay, based on the survey that we conducted that John alluded to,
0: we have seen a growth in differing asset classes. How has this impacted your business at Citgo?
2: Yeah, look, uh, here we, we think of two words uh, in, in the industry to us with increasing complexity and what caused it. Um, managers have been increasing diversifying across asset classes in search of returns. Um, many managers are moving into hybrid strategies, accessing a wider range of investment vehicles. We have a lot of long-short uh, equity clients that are now uh, setting up private equity closed ended vehicles. We have a lot of private equity clients that are now setting up credit hybrid vehicles. And this diversification is what's really causing uh, a tremendous amount of the complexity that we're seeing. Um, and John kind of mentioned it, uh, the need for continued innovation with managers adopting emerging technologies that are continually coming out. Um, that's going to be the key, whether it's proprietary systems or rolling with a third party. And I think, look, the role of the third party administrator is getting more complex because of this, uh, diversification and, you know, simply providing, uh, a month and nav, it's just not going to be enough. You know, now it's going to have to be true front to back, um, across many different asset
0: classes. Well, agreed. You know, Jay, how, how do you see the changing demand for outsourced service outsource services in particular? What's being done differently right now?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's a great question, Joe. I think as the pandemic started, um and more and more people were working from home, if not everybody uh across the alternative industry was working from home, you know, there were certain places where we saw people starting to outsource more and more. The the largest ones we saw were simple things like uh, payments, collateral, uh, treasury. Um, and, and if you think about it, why do you start there? Well, you know, a lot of that in, in most businesses are you need two approvals. Papers are being passed around in office for people to sign and approve and, you know, get the payments done. You know, at Sitka, we, we developed uh, an XCO payment system where all the controls, all the approvals, uh, including uh, approving it on your phone, uh, is all right there. So I think as people started leaving the office, I think middle office solutions was one of the biggest things um, you know we've seen, uh, especially on the payments and collateral and treasury side. The other place where we've seen a lot, and, and I think John mentioned it er- earlier, with all the regulatory changes, um, You know, uh, obviously, uh, accounts keep us busy with financial statement prep, changes to form PF, changes to regulations, um, you know, changes uh, to even K1s with the new K2s and, and K3s that now need to be produced. These are all things that are more and more our clients are looking to outsource uh to us um mainly again i'll use the word complexity for a fifth time uh mainly because of how complex these things are getting
1: um and that's where we've seen most of the outsourcing coming from hey, hey aj this is john i have a qu- quick question for you on that what what did you notice during the the entire um two the last two years obviously firms look to folks like yourself to outsource a number of different functions as they began to try to see how best to work remotely. As we've approached the end of this and people start to return to work, are those tasks now returning back to those hedge funds, or is it continuing to stay with the administrators and the other technology firms because it's working well?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, You know, the pandemic altered everything we did. Um, you know, you could start with the way we lived our lives, the way we interacted, the way we worked. Um, you know, it altered uh, investment markets in many ways, uh, including what types of asset managers are seeking to buy, how they're uh, securely accessing them. But, you know, I think when you started looking at your fund, uh, your asset servicer uh, during the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of things started to pop up, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, digitalization of subscriptions and redemptions. Um, this is something we started, you know, rolling out two years ago. And you know, obviously, subscriptions and redemptions, filling out the forms, has always been a paper, a paper play throughout the industry. Um, and you know, honestly, we had a lot of uh, a, a tough time getting people to actually start using. Uh, going up the sickle, One and start actually using the digital certificates to actually fill out your subscriptions and redemptions. Once everybody got home, this was a prime example of where people started to use the newer technology. People started filling out their initial subscriptions and redemptions. And to, you know, take it back to your question, that's not going to change. Anyone that moved and moved away from the paper for subscriptions and redemptions they're continuing to do it and it complete you know and it continues to expand so the pandemic is a terrible thing but the one thing it did do is it forced a lot of us to start looking at some of the new technologies that are out there and how things can run a lot better another example i'll give you um you know we built a collaboration tool where in a closed-ended fund a private equity vehicle if you wanted to start generating a capital call or a distribution normally you send your asset service or an email or you're doing a phone call you know we've set it up where you can go online uh type in all the information that you want to do for this one capital call the date the amounts the allocations and it automatically starts to process directing our systems to start it and and start doing it no paper no phone calls no emails you get a confirmation back confirming that the work has started um you know this is again another example of something we started before the pandemic slow uptake with clients as soon as everybody was home and things got a little bit harder For you to do your day-to-day capital call, you know, it more than doubled the amount of clients that used it. And again, to answer your question, every single one of these clients still using that technology today. So the, the one thing that I've seen positive that came out of the pandemic is this, you know, people started figuring out better ways and easier ways to do it. Um, and yes, the push was because everybody wasn 't in the office, and the technology made it easier um, but whether you 're going back to your office or coming back to your office two three days a week it 's still going to make it easier wherever you are but um, it's it 's really uh, picked up the use of a lot of our newer technologies
0: Jay, okay, one of our our last questions, and let 's talk about the future. What do you see being outsourced or even done differently in the future?
2: Yeah, I mean just coming back. To the paperless world. You know, there's a lot of examples, again, that we picked up um, throughout the pandemic, um, which, you know, continue to move forward. And, and I'll give you some examples, um, you know, outsourcing data management. Um, it's not something you would think that people would outsource, but, you know, as, as more and more um, clients start moving um uh, and asset services start moving their data to the cloud like we did in amazon and you have a data lake and all the information is there you know now you can have uh the work that your asset servicer has you can take the data from your prime brokers your auditors and then everybody can be working off this one golden copy in a data lake and api and pull all your information again no emails no papers, no phone calls. You can actually just go right into a data lake in Amazon's cloud and pull that type of data. Um, To me, that's a a big, big change. You know, another example is workflow tools. Um, Where are you in the process? Now, we've always had workflow tools, but to be honest and be fully transparent, we haven't used these tools as much as we should have. But when you have 11 days to get 8,000 staff working from home, you start figuring out better ways to know exactly where your process is um, and and be able to, ha- you know, uh, and track all the handoffs between group and group to make sure you're making your service level agreements. You know, that type of information, you know, that's the type of information that now, you know, we give to our clients right on SICO one, um, you know, and I think it's you know, it's, it's these changes, again, where people have to look at the newer technology um, and making sure they just figuring out uh, more efficient ways to hand off data, to move data. Um, so I think, you know, the data management will be a big piece um, that more and more is going to get outsourced uh, to your service provider.
1: Yeah, and Joe, I, I think there's, you know, just two commentaries on that. One is, When we talk about outsourcing, you talk about you could in one in one frame you talk about the actual service being done by somebody else, and the other thing that's occurred to a great degree is the use of shared technology, right? So an administrator or technology company owns the company and leases that for the use by the hedge fund organization, as an example. So. That we should we should make sure that this and and the technology advancements and innovations that are taking place are enabling a lot of that. And I think everyone's becoming more comfortable, you know, with the quote, the, the notion of outsourcing as a result. Jay, question for you. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, a lot of discussion in, in, in the news these days about the regulatory climate over private funds being more robust in the future. Are you, a lot of your clients coming to you now in anticipation of some of the new reporting standards to see sort of how uh, your firm can help in that regard? Yeah, 100.
2: percent I mean, I think if you look at um, the the regulatory changes even within uh, Form PF um, and how many more people have to fill it out and and how the act the extra information they're having. I think if you look at the K2s and K3s that you see in the taxes again the amount of information that regulators uh, and governments are asking for um, is just quadrupling, and it makes the work far more intense, and it goes back to the data management and outsourcing it and being able to move uh, huge amounts of data around and get it into the hands of the people that need it, whether it's your investors, your regulators. Um, More and more questions being asked, and the way you answer these questions are through data. Um, And I think, you know, more and more going to your asset servicer um, and discussing what they can do with the data and get it into the hands of your investors and regulators to make your life easier. Um, I think that's a big part. And that's just going to continue with all the complexities that we see today in the alts business.
0: We're at the end of our session. I want to thank you for for listening and we want to hear from you. If you have any questions about this topic or any others, please reach out to me, Jay or John. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. Be sure to subscribe to this series and visit read.kpmg.us forward slash talking-asset-management
1: for more information.